so as a sponsor, it's like, I want them to be thinking that way. Sure. I don't want them to be thinking of like, what would be really like a fun game to do at the pep rally? Thanks for joining us on the Teachers Changing Teaching Podcast. Today is episode one of a two-part series that we're going to have with our very own Natalie Davey about all things STUCO, Student Council. That's right. Here we go. Part one with Natalie Davey and Dr. Jamie Collins. Hi, welcome to the Teachers Changing Teaching Podcast. My name is Jamie Collins. And I'm Natalie Davey. And the pause, and Rachel Evans not introducing herself, is because she's not here. She is in Europe. She is in Europe. For the whole summer. The entire summer. Living her best life. And I'm really trying not to be jealous. Right. We're, we're trying to be her very best friends and only be super happy and not envious. <laughs> yes. Because I'm thinking right now she is seeing beautiful things, uh-huh. eating beautiful food, uh-huh. being in beautiful places. Yeah. And I'm mowing my lawn. Right. Rachel, we miss you. Oh, you are so missed. We love you. What what we did want to do, though, was um, have a moment where um, Natalie and I have a conversation about the work that she's doing. Uh, for us right now, I'm not sure when you listen to this, but for us, it's summertime. Mm-hmm. And we um, have taken a break and um, have been talking and thinking about just our work and what we do and what we love. And, um, and part of that, what we do and what we love, uh, in Natalie's world is Stuco. So she is a, um, a big part of her school's not part, I mean, leader, manager, overseer, all the things of Stuco at her very large <laughs> public high school. Yeah, it's a big school. I forget that. It's, it's, huge. it's huge. People roll up and they're like, holy cow. I know. It just keeps going in the big columns. Oh yeah. It's Rick. very, yeah. It's impressive when you drive up, honestly. It, it really it's is. In, and it's intimidating. I was so scared. Yes. And it's, which door do I go in? That's what I, yes. that's what I always do when you go up to a school. Yes. Uh, I have learned in my university supervision of student teachers, uh, teacher interns, to go early. Yeah. And to just keep walking around <laughs> until you find the right door to go into. <laughs> right. You're like, hey, um, where's the entrance? And they say, oh, it's the glass doors. And you just think to yourself, so everything... <laughs> Is the entrance. Is the entrance with that description. All of the doors are glass. Yes. So Yes. Yep. I just have to try to find an intercom mm-hmm. and somebody manning a station. Yep. <clears throat> All right. I digress. Flagpoles, people. Honestly, <laughs> that's yes. the most helpful. So <laughs> Find true. the flagpole. That's so probably helpful. the front. <laughs> that is incredibly helpful. Um, but we wanted to take a moment uh, and talk about, I've asked Natalie multiple times to share her work and to share with us what she's learning and what she's doing. Because um, in my work with teachers, there are a lot of swirling resources around the core subjects. There are not as many, if hardly at all, mm-hmm. around um, really beautiful initiatives like Stuco mm-hmm. on campuses. And I think it is a it's a pocket where there uh, where there's a need for resources. Yeah. And there's also a really rich opportunity, um, for you, Natalie, and to share your experience and encourage others. So, um, and thinking about teachers changing teaching, that's what our podcast is called. Um, we're thinking about today, how can we, um, teach well in Stuco? Right. And it not be, this is okay. So in my experience, right. Stuco is, (laughs) The cool kids, a hundred percent go and do it. Stuco is the 
Um, slack off class. hundred percent. Yeah. Stuco. I was going to say, there's a lot of preconceived notions that are coming <laughs> from the jump into this podcast. Yeah. Also f- from myself. Yeah. When I think of student council. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Stuco are the kids who get to leave campus and go get Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was that in my mind, a Stuco kid gets to go get, get Sonic. Yes. That's what. Yes. And, and they get the microphone at pep rallies. I was going to say, and then during when they actually have to get down to business, whoever's voice is loudest wins. Yeah. That's the Stuco. Yes. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I, when you first mentioned, when Natalie first talked to us about taking on Stuco, you were like, oh, we went, oh, <laughs> and I just kind of stared. And I was like, of course, oh, look at that. My little. Adolescent Jamie issues bubbling to the surface. Bubbling to the surface. Oh, you're going to do Stuco, huh? Are they going to get Sonic? <laughs> you going to give them Sonic passes? You going to give them that? Mm-hmm. Oh, but well, in all seriousness. Go ahead, Natalie. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to say I had the same sort of thing, which is part of the reason. Which we'll get into this. Why I decided to say yes because, as we talk about so often with um, our podcast, the tender acre mentality that this is a way that I can. Tend the acre that I have. And then because power students to tend the acre as well. Right. And what's beautiful about something like student council is that truly those students, if they are tending the acre, well, it it is reaching the school. Like it goes beyond the classroom walls because that's the whole purpose. And so I had to completely flip my mindset of like, Hey, people are going to think what they want to think about student council. Sure. And you just have to do the work. Right. And keep your head down and say like, right. We're writing a different narrative. Right. Right. And it doesn't even matter if you see that narrative being written, but like, right. I'm going to, I'm going to write a different one. And even if the kids push back against that, right. right. Cause like, wait a second, this isn't what I signed up for. Right. I can even, see happening. Even the passes thing that you just talked about, like going to Sonic and things. Yeah. Um, there was a time where I mentioned like the potential of like, it could be helpful to have like a pass during student council class. Like as you guys are doing stuff around the school to ha- say like, Oh, we're in student council. Like this is my pass to be not in the classroom right now. Sure. And they were like, oh, Ooh. And then we, and I was like, never mind. Nope. Never mind. Can't do that. Never mind. Wow. Never mind. Mm. We're not going to take advantage of it. Anyways. That's right. So how did you get into it? <laughs> um, so I got into student council because my dear friend and colleague who I know listens to this podcast and who you met, Rachel Claire Cockrell. Hey, Rachel. Thank you for listening. We love you. She is, she is a queen. She's amazing. Um, so she was having a little baby, a little baby boy, little Mm -hmm. Owen. And she had been the sponsor, um, previously for sure a a while and did an incredible job. Sure. And she was like, I just know I can't continue to teach AP lit full-time English 11 and sponsor student council and have a young child. And it was like, of course you cannot, you are a human, even though she is a freak of nature and is amazing. Um, she is. So anyways, she asked me if I would be interested in, I had told her that I was in student council in high school for my own experience um, and so I was like, oh yeah, I loved my Stuco days. They were really fun. So if you ever need any help or ideas or whatever, like bounce ideas off of me, whatever. So she kind of approached me with the idea and said, how would you feel about being a student council sponsor? And I was like, I'm scared. And I also had a lot of preconceived notions about like, 
what do, what will this mean? <laughs> what does that actually mean to be a student council sponsor? And how much can I change? <laughs> Not because of what she was doing, but just like things that were part of my identity that I was like, I can't do this unless certain things can happen. Truly. Um, so I basically shadowed her during our winter homecoming day and just kind of saw one of the big events, like ins and outs. This is kind of what you're going to be doing. And I will be honest. I was super intimidated and scared. And when I get scared, I want to run. I want to run away. Appreciate your honesty. Yeah. And I was cognitively coming up with any reasonable way to run away. Sure. Cause did I did run away. Cause I was scared. Cause you were scared. I was did so you scared. Run away? I didn't run away. Did run away. In the Lord's kindness and providence, I went to Onyx really quickly to grab a coffee before we would then chaperone the dance that night. And okay. I ran into my dear friend, Scott, and I told him about the day and I told him about like taking over student council. And I, Scott and I have this sort of relationship where I looked at him and I was like, Scott, I'm, I don't know if I want to do this. Like this is a lot. And I'm scared. And he said, Natalie, I get that you're scared. I understand it. But are you asking yourself the harder question of, has God given you really wonderful skills that perfectly align with something like this? You can serve your students in your school community in this way. And I just looked at him with like a scrunched up face (laughs) and eyes. And I was like, Scott, (laughs) dang it. (laughs) Yes. And so honestly, voice of the Holy spirit, just telling me like, Hey, you need to do it. Even though you're scared of it, you should do it. I think that brings up a really good point that being afraid of it isn't reason not to do something. I know. And honestly, now Ugh, looking, I don't want to delete that, that we said that. Cause there are things that I'm afraid of right now that I don't want to do. Right. And that's what it's so much in my mind. It's like, it's so much easier to just say, I don't want to, cause it's scary. And I don't like it. Anyways, I'm so grateful, Scott, you a real one that he, convinced me to do it. Um, and I will always go back to that moment and give him all the credit because truly now being on this side of it, I'm like, I can't believe I even considered not Not doing doing it. it. Yeah. That's just silliness. So anyways, then one of my big, like, I need this to happen pretty, like pretty much. I need this to happen, uh, was having a student council class period in my schedule and in student council member schedule. It was not it was not. Okay. So everything that Rachel Claire was doing and everything that student council members were doing was outside of school, which mm-hmm. is a lot. That's so much. It's a lot. Um, and so we had had a recent change in our principal when I got hired. He, like it was the second year when I got hired. And so he is very much a person that wants to do what's best for students. And so I came to him with a lot of data and research and articles and all of the things about what student councils could potentially do for the betterment of like school culture, school buy-in students getting connected, all sorts of different students getting connected. Like there's no, they don't have to be an athlete, right? They don't have to be a well-spoken person. Can they make a poster? Cool. Right. That's that works. That's great. So it's a very like, it's a wonderful opportunity for diversity of like different sorts of people being all in like a very, um, a very high engagement club sure. in the school. Right. So anyways, um, him being him, he was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> great. I was like, yay, this is awesome. Oh, that's great. So then he did all of the work of advocating for the class period and advocating for, um, having, you know, 
30 kids in it, even though there's 60 student council members, but like having as many students who could be in it as possible. And did you may I ask, did you plan a whole like, extensively before you went and talked to him? I got your mind right. And like, what was the prep or did you just jump in and say, I'm just going to talk from my heart. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the person sure. who's listening and saying, how do I sure. to talk to my principal or leadership or instructional I, people? I always, so it's always going to sound like it's coming from my heart when I'm talking in those situations. Cause it is sure. But I always have the data behind my heart, if that makes sense. Good for you. Right. So I will always say like, Hey, I think, you know, the value of having a class period where you're just having students really develop in their leadership identity and having set aside time to work on things for the school. Like, I think that just speaks for itself, but here's some ideas of what, like I would personally do at the class period. Here's some like projects that I'm thinking through. Here's some things that I've read about online that like other schools are doing that we could take and then remake for our certain, you know, student population. That's sort of really practical. Excellent. Um, so I went into the meeting with that now because he and I have a good relationship I could have talked about the data for forever, but he was also like, I trust you. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was really empowering and sweet. Um, so there was advocacy for that and mm-hmm. you got the class, got the class. Nice. And, um, he tries to be there. I'll talk about this more probably, but he even puts it on his schedule every Friday Which to come so, to the class period. That is just so great. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, so he prioritizes trying to be there and he made it during a lunch period during the day. So it's during fourth period so that, um, it's the longest class period of the day. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Yes. It's really, it's, it's, ah. it's awesome. And then since it's lunch, there's a little bit more flexibility with like, so say we want to collaborate with a class, like there's some flexibility because it's a lunch period that we can do. I don't know if I'm explaining this very well, but there's some flexibility because it's during a lunch sure. period. And even just like with other admin people for meetings and things. It's like, well, it's during lunch. So like you have a lunch break, so you can go to it during your lunch break and eat lunch, that sort of thing. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, then from there he advocated for it downtown. I built an entire curriculum standards, all that and the rest. And you don't have standards from the state. You developed your own. Correct. So there were some standards that I found from Missouri. Okay. Just online, like just researching, right. trying so to find have something, anything something to go off. of, Right. Um, and so I used some of those and then built like a, an entire year's curriculum and kind of had like standards. Mm-hmm. Yep. That you defined. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It was really fun. It's really fun. Well, like, uh, go ahead. Nope. Well, and that begs me to ask my mind's churning, right? Like, how do you structure this then? How do you structure? I mean, you have a class, you've right. got curriculum, you have these kids who are taking multiple years mm-hmm. of the same class. You have these, I mean, we're not thinking of the regular week because you have these projects. Right. And then you have um, these things that have to happen on campus, decisions that have to be made, things that have to be built, stuff created. So there's a lot of moving parts. Talk to us about how you think through and then how you actually do the structure of this. So the first year that I did it, um, I'll talk about, I'll talk about that because um, the first year that we did it was COVID. And so it was a super trial round year in all of the different ways because students were there two days or three days or five days with our learning models. So um, what was challenging about that was how do you structure a curriculum where you're 
truly like your hands and your feet are not there on certain days. Sure. So like, do you do curriculum at the beginning of the week or do you do it on the Tuesday, Thursdays, because that's when your class period is the lightest. Right. Or do you flip flop it? Because sure. So anyways, you get what I'm trying to express here. So I will say that the first year I did a lot of different things that I had to be like flexible and responsive towards. And I learned sort of the flow of the school year, which was helpful for my second year of planning for it. Because you realize like Mm -hmm. things naturally come up Mm -hmm. that people will be like, Hey, the Stuco kids can help with that. And you're like, yes, that is what we're here for. Yes. But I had to go through that year of figuring out when are those times besides our big events that people are going to be like, Hey, student council, we need you. So pretty much what I came to the conclusion of, um, after the first year was sort of a two day curriculum. Like we are doing a book project. We are doing a project. We are doing like a a book study. We're doing a school study. We're doing identity work, leadership development, all of that stuff, like a two day week or three day week model. And then the other two or three days we're working on the project that the school needs done. Is there always a constant project that the school needs? Always. Okay. Yeah. Whether that is small, like you're doing things that the school may not necessarily need per se. Like one of our things is creating buttons for student lanyards. Sure. Like the school didn't ever say we need buttons, but they had a problem with students wearing their IDs. And it was like, just telling them that they're going to wear their IDs is not enough. Well, that's really smart. Yeah. So make really fun buttons that they want to wear them. Right. Exactly. So then it becomes like, Hey, they purchase this thing because they want to show it and it has to be on their ID. Mm. Like, all right. So I'm boiling down <laughs> as you're talking, right. And I'm thinking of how to provide <clears throat> insight to people who are listening or doing Stuco or who are just teaching. Right. And who can, are just like trying to make their school better. Right. Or anyone yeah. aren't thinking about doing leadership program or things right. like that. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, making sure that administration and leadership understands what you're doing mm-hmm. and what you value and what mm-hmm. you prioritize so that right. there's clear communication, um, have a, uh, an idea, mm-hmm. a strong idea of what you want to do and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, be mindful of having goals and areas mm-hmm. of standards yeah. or, or main pillars, mm-hmm. right. Or things that I'm, that are my do or die as opposed to, you know, willy nilly, just doing projects right. all over the place. Right. Um, communicate with leadership mm-hmm. and know what, it, what you can do for the leadership or what the school needs. Yes. And ask for the year's worth. Right. right? Like, what do you need? What projects can we be a part of yeah. thinking or one semester at a time? And you have those big things in your calendar that you're working through and thinking about. Yeah. As opposed to section, like we would do with teaching a content kind of section, my students off and do my own thing. Right. You're thinking first, what does the school need? What's right. happening across campus? Right. Those, those become the fundamental foundational things. Yeah. And then I'm working around that with my curriculum. Right. And even with students, it's hard. Um, anybody who does student council, it's hard. They know the real struggle of students wanting their ideas to be um, implemented so strongly and not understanding like school structure doesn't always work exactly like that. Mm-hmm. And that there is a sense of continuously dying to yourself when it comes to like your preferences for the sake of the school community. So even I've told my students this past year, I'm like, you can advocate for your ideas left and right. And I want you to, and I want you to get like, we I'll talk about the book study that we did in a second, but like one of the chapters is called, um, getting, uh, right anger. So it's like oh, getting angry for the, the right, right reasons. For the and, right, reasons. right. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I want you to have that, but I also never want you to leave a meeting without asking them like, Hey, what do you need from us? Like, what can we help you do? 
what's something that like we are not seeing that we could help come to fruition, whatever. Absolutely. Um, there was a question that you had in there and now I'm forgetting. Um, Um, so we, I asked you, how'd you think through the structure and then how did you do it? Yeah. So then thinking through the structure, sometimes, I mean, I'm still new at this. This is only my second year sponsoring. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically what I do at the beginning of the year is I do a lot of fun, like leadership, uh, sort of like personality tests, like those sorts of things, just to to know you bond, get to know you silly, like, um, or even, uh, like we're tell me a story about a time where you led, but you had to be under the age of 10. Like that's Beautiful. like, that's yes. sort of just like, sit, like well, I'm not talking about your impressive stuff that you did last year. I'm like, you were eight years old. What'd you do? Oh, that's great. <laughs> just silly, it. just yes. silly stuff. Um, but then I, it's honestly as silly as I am and as like fun and light. And I always try to do like a funny question I can sometimes go past the fun to do like the deep meditative, (laughs) 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 which is, you know, we all have these sides to our personalities anyways. So pretty much what we did was we did a two day a week book study that we worked through. And then we did a three day project thing. Now at certain points, like homecoming weeks, the, the two weeks leading up to homecoming, we don't do anything curriculum wise because the days are just nonstop as far as preparation goes. Um, but that's pretty much how our structure works. Nice. Yeah. And, um, how have students responded to that? So well, so well, Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot that you have to do for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Like even with my most trusted students who I know adore me personally. Mm-hmm. When I say we're doing a book study, they're like, I don't want to. Right. I like you. I like this class. Don't make me do things I don't like to do. Right. We're reading. This is Stuco. In Stuco. Mm-hmm. And, or like, I don't like to read. Right. I took this class because I don't want to do that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it was, to be honest with you, my first year, I let some of that dictate what I did. Sure. And so I was like, okay, we just won't read as much. And then second year, I was like, you know what? It's not, I am best when I'm doing that stuff. Mm. And I need to own that side of my- It's very insightful of you. Right. And I need to, I need to use my gifts the best way that I know how, because I know that it will be beneficial to them at the end of the day. Like truly I do. I know it. So I felt so much better after second year. Like once I did say, I'm going to teach the book and I don't care if they complain. I really don't. Mm-hmm. And I truly had some students that like who I adore, like will watch my babies one day Yeah, that they were like, I don't want to do this book study. Or like, I don't want to write about what I'm learning because student council to them is not, it's not like a normal class. Right. And in many ways it isn't. Um, but I would also advocate for uh, teachers who are doing um, a class period in their school, if they, are, if they are able to do that. I do a portfolio for all of the students. Okay. So as they're doing assignments, and I do a physical portfolio that I'll print off for them. So Google Classroom, they do an assignment, they submit it on Google Classroom, but then I print off each assignment and I add okay. it to their portfolio, which is just a manila folder okay. with their name on it. <laughs> That's it. That's the portfolio. It's not fancy. They can decorate it if they want. Sure. Um, They're going to decorate it at the beginning of this next year. Um, And then the chapters that we're reading, they put those in there. So then the the idea is that over three years, they've got a ton of stuff that they're looking at. 
Sure. And they're able to be like, I mean, we all need those physical reminders of something. I mean, you don't remember what you did three years ago, No. but then you see an assignment and something like we do what's called the paradoxical commandment. So it's like people will be mean and nasty and ugly towards me. I will love them anyway. Mm. It's like, yeah, those sorts of things. It's, um, people will, you know, undermine underdogs, fight for underdogs anyway. Like that sort of stuff. Really good. Yeah. It's, um, oh. so it's like, but, but you forget it. You know what I'm saying? Like you've gone through Stuco for three years yes. and you remember the big events. And you remember yes. the big things that you did for the school and you forget about your paradoxical commandments oh, yeah. or maybe you remember your paradoxical commandments, but you want to see them again and want to hold them and be like, ah, sure. I remember reading yes. about it. Like, ah, yeah. And think about who, where was I when I was writing these and thinking about this? Right. That's right. important right. in adolescent development. Yeah. So I would strongly urge people who are able to do a class period to do something along those lines. Sure. Um, cause I do think it's fairly beneficial for students to be able to hold and to, to have a reminder of like, this is the learning that I did. Mm-hmm. These are the books that I read or, I mean, I had quite a few seniors this year that had to write an essay for the university of Arkansas that said, um, like three most influential books in their student experience. And majority of them picked the book that we read in class, which was really cool. That's really neat. Yeah. It did have a profound effect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So what I'm thinking about is, um, what have you enjoyed the most and what has been the most challenging? Mm. I've enjoyed I've honestly enjoyed this. I mean, you say this as a teacher, but it's so true. (laughs) I've enjoyed watching students figure out themselves and their leadership and their style Mm -hmm. and their, and their gifts and their talents. I've enjoyed that so much because you truly see them blossom Yeah, and you realize like I get to be part of their life. Sure. Which is just crazy. Yeah. Big life development moments. Yeah. It was even so sweet. Um, our president this year, we were sitting like for the next come incoming class of, um, seniors who are interviewing for student council officer positions. She would ask really insightful questions cause she'd been through it, but you had seen her learning come mm-hmm. to play as she was asking questions. Mm-hmm. So, so she would ask questions like, Hey, as the president, you, and she would even give language that we used um, in our class. Like you're going to have to give up a lot of ego satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. So she's oh, like, wow. so she's like, how will you, you know, like how will you be able to do that when like being president means like you're the face, how will you give up your ego satisfaction to do it? It's just like, Whoa. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. Sure. It's amazing. Um, and so I love being able to see students, really make the connection. Why I took on student council was for this reason of them being able to recognize that being a student council person is an identity shift, That it's like being a Stuco kid is nothing. It's nothing Mm -hmm. unless it's an identity thing. So it's like, if you can say that being a Stuco kid taught me who I am as a leader, that I'm a leader that is service oriented that recognizes I don't need affirmation from people that I don't need. Um, like I don't need everybody's, um, input to give me approval for what I am doing. Mm -hmm. Like if you can learn those sorts of things. Well, you're thinking about humans throughout the course of their lives, right? Investing in them to be 
to become great people, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. good people. Right. So even engaged people, right. Even as we would go through the book study, it was like, Hey, I'm not trying to make you a good leader for student council. I'm trying to make you a good leader for the world. Like, right. Yes. That, that's what we're trying to do yes. here. And en route you'll practice, right. You're practicing here. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been definitely the most really enjoyable is seeing how much students have grown and mm-hmm. made those identity connections and really put like posts in the ground of who they are as a leader mm-hmm. and owned those identities. So many of them, as they reflected on the year, were like, I realize that I'm, I'm really good at leading from behind the scenes. I'm right. really good at it. Right. And others were like, are oh, I really get annoyed when I have to lead behind the scenes, but I need to be more okay with it. Like those sorts of things. Yes. Um, the most challenging piece of it for me personally is how much to let go of as a, mm-hmm. as a teacher mm-hmm. and how much to, um, yeah, like how much to say, no, you can do that. I don't actually need to help you at all. Or how much, like, do they need me to get, give like 25% of my help versus they do 75% of it? Yeah. That's really challenging for me because my helper mentality mm-hmm. will want to just do it to, in my mind, I think there's a narrative there of like, I'm helping them and I'm being productive, things that I like to do. Whereas right. I'm not actually giving them the learning experience of like, yeah, you want that to happen. How are you going to make it happen? Right, right. Uh, it's succeeding or failing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, <coughs> whoo, um, it's hard because it's like the, the hoops that I naturally go through because I've had reps that they haven't had. Sure. That it's like, they need to go through the reps mm-hmm. and it's really hard mm-hmm. to watch that. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm like, I don't want you to learn the lesson. Cause also yeah. in my mind, I'm like, it's not efficient. Like, right. So it's hard. Yeah. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge and surprise. What has surprised you? Honestly, I've been surprised at the end of the day of how much something that seems so trivial as student council could be like, it really, it, it is sort of the best of both worlds of like you're investing in a community, but you're not coaching a sport. Sure. <laughs> so you're, you're having these students that are, like they've elected to do something and they have put, they, they are investing themselves. And I think of it as like, they're investing their one wild and precious life Mm -hmm. in this thing. Whereas for English, like I teach English the rest of the day and it's like, they have to be here. They have no choice. (laughs) And most of them wouldn't choose it if they could. (laughs) So I've been most surprised by the investment that students make into it and seeing, um, seeing because of that investment, the relationships that can form because they're like, I want to be here mm-hmm. just as much as like you sponsor want to mm-hmm. be here too. If not more, like some of them are like, I want to do this more than you even. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a really, really sweet surprise mm-hmm. and gift that I, yeah. Connor even met one of my students uh, recently and he was Connor, like, your husband, Connor, my husband. Yeah. My wonderful, perfect, beautiful husband. Um, godly man of godly man of God. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Holy man of God. There we go. Um, he, he met one of my students recently and he was like, Hey, I just want you to know that there are days where she's dealing with really troublesome kids that you probably don't see, but like you are one of the people that brings her light and joy 
And she remembers on those conversations with hard students, like you're, you're one of those students to her. Um, and so it's sweet to see, even though like he's not in the education world and like truly doesn't have a, doesn't have an understanding of what it's like to be a teacher. And he recognizes that, but he's like, I know enough to know that like this kid that she talks about all the time means so much to her life and her soul. So it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Oh, they're gifts. They're just gifts. And I can speak from personal experience. I got the amazing opportunity to come and have a conversation with you in front of them (gasps) where we did a little interview conversation thing. I was uh, across the hall Mm -hmm. doing, observing us uh, intern and um, was able to, uh, shimmy over mm-hmm. and have a quick chat with you and with them. And they were absolutely wonderful. They're magic. They were insightful. They asked questions. They were highly engaged. Mm-hmm. They were um, very curious. They were very respectful. Afterwards, they followed up and asked very insightful questions. Yeah. And they were just a really great, great group of students. And so, yeah. um, do you, I could. That doesn't just come naturally. It was your investment. So oh, thank you. I commend you for investing in them and building that community. Thank you. And encouraging them thank you. To, to do well and yeah. to be well. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would give the encouragement to people who are thinking about doing it that like those are the traits that you're trying to cultivate in those students. Sure. So if you're not doing work that's cultivating those traits, right. they're not going to just come up. Sure. Like they're not just going to happen. Yeah. Um, so even during our book study, we, there's a chapter in our book that we read and it was, um, uh, now I'm going to forget the title of the chapter. Uh, but it was about like, you have choices in your life and the like, Oh, it's called on living on being alive. That's what it was on being alive. Um, and it's like, so often you have the mentality that like, I'm going to choose who I want to be after high school. And it's like, no, if you want to be a kind person, kindness is not a default trait, right? We have to develop. So you that. have to cultivate it in your life. Yes. And a great place to start is at your lunch table. Cause guess what's not kind. The conversations at your lunch table. Sure. So, so as a sponsor, it's like, I want them to be thinking that way. Sure. I don't want them to be thinking of like, what would be really like a fun game to do at the pep rally? Yeah. It's like, that's absolutely. A, that's one thing right. that we have to get done, but I want to cultivate right. those sorts of. Which is long-term. Long-term. Yeah. And long-term investment. Right. That's beautiful. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Teachers Changing Teaching and All Things Stuco Student Council with Miss Natalie Davey. Stay tuned for episode number two, unpacking a little bit more of maybe you're at a place where student council doesn't have a class. Maybe you're in a different position within that sponsorship. We wanted to unpack that in episode number two, so stay tuned for that. We do have a wonderful jam-packed fall plan for you teachers. We're looking forward to spending that with you. We hope you have a wonderful kickoff to your school year. All the best. We'll see you soon.